Welcome to the Mindset Neuroscience Podcast. I'm Stephanie Fay, and I'll be sharing insights into how human brain architecture and biology are influenced by our unconscious fears and social behaviors. I'll also give you science-based strategies on how to skyrocket the brain's learning potential by focusing on the power of mindset, relationship, and psychological safety. Thanks for listening. Hi, and welcome to episode 10. Just a quick update, which is that I'm going to be trying a different rhythm. I'm going to release episodes once every two weeks rather than once a week. If it's a little bit better with my schedule, especially over the summer, and I care more about the quality of the episodes rather than the quantity. So we'll see how that goes. I may go back to once a week or even lower it to once a month, depending on you know the feedback I get and just the different rhythms that are occurring. So we'll give this a try. But anyway, in this episode, we're going to talk about two key adjectives. And those adjectives are willing and steady. And these are things that we need to have in order for change to happen in people's lives. So we're going to touch a little bit back on episode nine, where we talked about authenticity, and that's tied into these these two things, willingness and steadiness. So in episode nine, I talked more about authenticity. And that in order for us to really inspire someone, whether it's someone we're interacting with regularly or just an audience that we're speaking to, in order to inspire new ideas and insights, aha moments, self-reflection, and just even the idea that change is possible and that people would be able to make changes in their life, there needs to be a level of trust. And part of that trust is going to come from the fact that they believe us when we say things, which means that we walk our talk. And that's what I touched on in last episode, this idea that if we're going to talk about reframing mistakes and being comfortable with failure, we need to be living that. We need to be experimenting. We need to possibly have a dark night of the soul and go into a really big dip, but then come back out and refine and and learn from those mistakes. And so That is that piece that I was talking about there, which is just this idea that they need to trust and believe what we're saying. And what that leads to is this other key ingredient, and that ingredient is willingness. A person needs to be willing to change in order for change to happen. There, You can give them all the ingredients, all the instruction, all the tools they need, but if they're not willing to change, that's not going to happen. They're not going to change. And so part of that willingness is that first layer, the idea of the trust and also this idea of connection, that they feel connected to us in some way. And so that was part of episode nine, the idea of authenticity. That is part of creating that idea of trust and connection with a person so that they feel willing to follow our lead and willing to listen to what we have to say. But the other piece, the other layer of that is that there needs to be a sense of steadiness. And so what we see in, you probably can reflect on this in your own life, is that when we are trusting of someone, when we are willing to trust them and willing to connect with them, willing to be inspired by them, there is a sense of steadiness that comes from that person. It's less likely that we are willing to 
admire and trust and, and be led or inspired by somebody that's all over the place, who has completely contradictory messages, who's saying one thing, doing another, whose underlying message is, is changing constantly. There's a steadiness to their approach. There's a steadiness to their life. And so there's two levels of the steadiness or kind of two aspects to the steadiness. One is this idea that they are steady in their kind of internal environment, that no matter what storm is going on around them, no matter how much the temperature is rising, there's chaos around them, whatever, whatever all the emotions that are happening around them, that they are more like a thermostat rather than a thermometer. They're not just reacting to the environment and going up when the temperature's up and the anger is up or down when the energy is down and the negativity is really there. They're not reacting in that way. They have a thermostat, which is that they know their kind of essence and the steadiness that they want to bring to a situation, and they're able to maintain it. They have their own internal tools to get to that steady, stable state that they want to be in um, in order to project the message and project kind of the essence of, of what they stand for, no matter what is going on, whether it's kind of dark, heavy, negative energy or totally chaotic, angry type of energy. And so that's the first level of steadiness, this idea that the, a person exudes almost like an energy, we could call it the biofeedback, of steadiness, that they can regulate themselves. And the, so that's somebody who is self-regulating. They have their own internal tools that they use to regulate their internal, their inner physiology, their physiological, psychological, mental, emotional state, whatever you want to call that. So that's one level of steadiness. But the other level of steadiness is kind of more philosophical or metaphorical. And that is the idea that the essence of, of the message they are trying to share is steady. There's a constancy, there's a steadiness to that message. And so even though how they deliver it or the words they use, the, the methods they use, all of that might change all the time, but there's an essence underneath the message of what they're trying to share. And so... In this example, like for example with me, some of you know that I had never heard of the word growth mindset for years and I had been talking about basically the idea of a mindset and our set of beliefs, whether we have limiting beliefs about ourselves or very empowered beliefs about ourselves, where those come from, very fixed, rigid ideas about what we're able to change in our life. I was talking about all of that. I was using neuroscience as a platform for that for years before I'd heard of the word growth mindset. So I do just want to emphasize here that the word growth mindset doesn't mean anything. It's just, it's a concept. And in fact, the more you're saying it, it's possible that if you have to use those words all the time, and obviously I use it because it's kind of the theme and it's a way to anchor and, and draw people in to what I'm saying, but I don't actually need to use those words to describe what I'm talking about. I have a deep underlying message that I'm trying to get across. And if I happen to use the word growth mindset, it's, it's for that. But for many years, I never had ever even heard of the word growth mindset and been, had been talking about the same essence. And in a way, it could be that essence is something that could almost be like a slogan or some kind of motto or, you know, power thought or, you know, phrase that is kind of underlying. And if, and again, those words might change and they might evolve and grow and adapt. But for example, in terms of my message, it would be something like, your mind is more powerful than you have been taught to think. And there's a lot blended into that message, but that your mind is more powerful. So I also 
don't necessarily only use the word brain because to me the mind is both the body and different kind of energy that's happening as well as the actual organ of the brain. All of that's mixed together. So that's the mind. It's more powerful than you have been taught to think. And so what I'm implying there is that we have been taught not necessarily intentionally by the people around us, the world around us, but it has been a process that we learned. We were born understanding how powerful our mind was, that our babies kind of automatically have this idea of a growth mindset. They know that they can figure things out. They're that powerful. We get taught almost in lessons, not intentionally again, sometimes intentionally, but not always, taught that we're not that powerful, that people just are the way they are. You either have a certain amount of something or you don't. Those are all things that we've been taught. So we've been taught that. And then the other word in there is think. So we have been taught that we're not as powerful. Um, We've been taught to think in that way. And so that word think also has some kind of a, a level to it of, We're more powerful than we think, meaning that all these thoughts that are constantly running in our head are just thoughts, and they're thoughts that are often really just coming into our mind only because we've heard them from other people. So we are more powerful than we think. Our thinking limits us in many, many ways. There's so much power to us that goes way beyond thought. And so that touches on a bunch of other kind of teachings that I I bring in. Touched on it in episode five a little bit when I talked about self-regulation in the sense that our body and our cells have a lot of intelligence that has nothing to do with thinking in that mental way. But anyway, so there's a lot of levels to this kind of slogan or the essence behind the message that I send out, which is that your mind is more powerful than you've been taught to think. So that has been what carries me over. That's what creates a sense of steadiness in my message. I can use neuroscience for that. I can use just the very abstract concept of growth mindset for that. I can use the word beliefs. There are a lot of different hows in the sense that when you talk about how, how I'm delivering this message. This can come in the format of an actual seminar, a keynote speech, a course, but it can also come just in the format of how I live my life. So that's another how. How do I model this idea? And I, you know, I'm doing it by I'm internalizing it. I'm using my own methods and tools and strategies of how I show myself that my mind is more powerful than I have been taught to think. I truly internalize it. So there's a bunch of different hows in there. And then the what that changes constantly and adapts is the words I actually use. So am I using brain science as that? And that to me, actually, I will admit is, is really evolving as I continue to learn and pull, you know, ideas from really leading edge people, which is pulling a little bit away from just talking about the brain and the mind. I think it's actually becoming very limited and narrow to only think about it that way, trying to bring in more of this idea of our connectedness and the co-regulating abilities we have. That is part of a mind, a greater mind, if you will. So anyway, as you can see, the essence is still going to stay fairly steady as I present this message, but the format, the words I use, even the science that I'm using might change. And that's what helps keep it steady is that I don't stay stuck on a concept. And so that's what I'm going to encourage you to do is that to not get so stuck on it needs to be about growth mindset, to only look up growth mindset, to really expand beyond beyond that and actually get deeper under. So here's actually tool number one that I wanted to bring you. I wanted to give you some some tools about 
how we get to the deeper essence of what it is we're trying to share. How do we create that steadiness? So that's what I want to go into now. So one of the first methods to creating that steadiness is, you know, once again, to get into the deeper essence of what it is you're actually trying to say to people. You're not trying to teach them growth mindset. That is way too abstract. It's too conceptual. Those words don't mean anything. That's just squiggles and lines on a page that created a code of sounds. <laughs> and if we stay too stuck on trying to hang on to those words, I think we lose sight of what we're really trying to say. And especially depending on your audiences, if you keep hanging on to vocabulary that you keep using over and over again, like using the word growth mindset or using the catchphrases they have, like you just keep saying celebrate mistakes or praise effort, blah, blah, blah. If you just keep using those uh, catchwords, you tend to almost sound a little bit too automatic. It starts to sound a little cliche. It definitely starts sounding less authentic. And I talked about that in the previous episode, episode nine. So it's getting deeper into the essence of what you're trying to say. One of the first tools that you can use um, to get clearer on that is to really figure out what was it that drew you to the idea of growth mindset. So something really, you you saw, you learned about the concept, and there was something that drew you in. It really attracted you. And, and there's, a, there's almost like a, a slogan or a belief or a message underneath the idea of growth mindset. That's something I want you to reflect on, and I'm just going to throw a couple other words in there. So you might also have been drawn to something like, emotional intelligence or social emotional learning or trauma-informed education or adverse childhood experiences. All of these concepts, these are all words. These are all basically catchphrases right now. There's something underneath the essence of that that really attracted you. And the more you can get into, what was it? So why did growth mindset attract me? Why, why do I like the idea of helping people understand that? they can develop their skills. So to be thinking about, is there a slogan similar you know, to what I was talking about? You are, your mind is more powerful than you've been taught to think. Something along those lines of that, that is what has drawn you in to the idea of growth mindset. So forget about growth mindset. And I would even encourage you, don't really use those words <laughs> very often because it is starting to become a buzzword and usually I, I draw a little population curve, the, the distribution of population. What you see is that in the, in the giant hump in the middle of a population, which is like about 68%, there's, that's like the masses. And in the circles that I'm in, where a lot of people have been very immersed in the idea of growth mindset, it's becoming very shallow, very superficial. And if you aren't careful... If you use those words too much, you will start to see people glaze over, cross their arms, because it's just overused at this point. You might be surprised at that. Maybe it's not overused in your circles, but in, in many, many, many of the circles that I teach in, it, it is, and it's becoming a very shallow, empty word. So to try and find a deeper way of saying this, that also helps you keep that steadiness, because then you can use so many other ways to explain growth mindset this idea, the essence, the power, that you're more powerful than you think you've been taught to think, as an example. There's many other ways that you can explain that. So that's the first step, is to think about what was underneath that message that attracted you. And now I'll give you two more ideas to reflect on that might help you get to that 
number that this number one. It, maybe it's maybe you don't really know. It's hard for you to put words to that. So here are two more ideas to help you maybe get some clarity about what what that was. The second technique is to think about a time when someone had very low expectations of you, when someone didn't really believe in you, when someone didn't give you the support or the words or something that you needed in that moment to really thrive and grow and evolve. So think about a time, and this could be recently or very much, and for many people, the cases when they were young, in any level of your schooling, at home, wherever that was, think of a time where someone just had really low expectations of you and they did not give you that support. And draw that image up in your mind. See if you can think of it. You might not in this episode, but just hang on to that and and try and come up with that later. And then think about what you would have really appreciated hearing in that moment from somebody. What would a wise person have come in and said to you that could have helped you continue to believe in yourself, even though that person didn't. And there's a phrase that you've probably heard before, which is that we teach what we most need to learn. And so there is a message that you so badly and so deeply needed to hear at one point in your life that possibly either no one offered to you or someone did offer to you and it made all the difference. There is that, that deep essence of what you needed to hear or what you might still need to hear now is what you are trying to express to others because you know how powerful of a difference it would have made or it did make for you. So think about what do you now need to hear very badly or what did you need to hear in a, you know, whether it was more recently or when you were younger, what did you need to hear that would have helped you keep going or helped you believe in yourself or have higher expectations of yourself? What did that little kid in you or that little kid in you now, what did that person need to hear? What did that child need to hear that they didn't get from the adults around them? So think about that message, that that, what you have needed to hear in your life is something you really want to express to somebody else now. That's a deeper essence. You don't need any of the other concepts. You don't need catchphrases for that. When you get in touch with that and you really start to actually give that back to yourself now also and live that in your life, that will start to kind of just stream out of you and you will find so many ways to express it. So that's um, method number two. And method number three is, is a before after picture with a fence in the middle. So I want you to think about almost as though you can actually physically draw this on a sheet of paper or just mentally, that you have basically split in the middle. You have a section on the left, that's the before picture. You have a section on the right, that's the after picture. And you have a fence in the middle. And I want you to think about somebody, this could be yourself also, but I would say that maybe in this exercise you can think about somebody in your life who you're teaching or leading, anybody, it could be a family member, it could be anybody, that you kind of worry that they're not going to figure out how powerful they are, they're not going to reach their potential, they're not going to live the life that you know they really want to live. And picture what that looks like. So you could even draw it out, you could write it out, just imagine it. Just looking at that person, what are the actions that they're doing? What is the physical posture that they have? What is the, the demeanor they have? What are the choices that they're making? 
What are the things that they're not doing? Just picture that as them as if like a physical being and, and all of those movements or lack of movement, choices or lack of choices. What, what's going on in that before picture that makes you feel so worried? And what is the story that they're telling themselves? What are the words that you could almost picture them saying to themselves or that they are hearing from other people? What are you seeing in that before picture that makes you worried that they're not going to reach their potential? And then after you've reflected on that, look at the after picture. And so think of what would you see them doing? How, how would you see them behaving? What are the, what's the body posture, the movements, the choices, the, the words that they're saying to themselves, that they're saying to other people at this point? How do you see them light up in that way, in a way that makes you feel a lot less worried about them, that you actually almost feel excited about what they're going to be doing with their life, excited about how much they're going to love looking back on what they've accomplished in their life and the legacy that they've, they've left here. So think about what does that look like? How, what's the expression on their face? What are the movements they're, they're making? What are the words that they're saying? What If you had like a little bubble of a dialogue, what would you see that dialogue being for them? That's the after picture. So picture that, reflect on that. You can draw it, you can diagram it, just talk about it, think about it. And then there's a fence in between. So what is it that will help them jump over that fence? Because it is going to require something. It's going to require a catalyst. We will stay stuck in the rhythms and the patterns that have always existed for us. We are built like that. We are efficiency machines. And change is expensive. Change requires very expensive materials in the brain and the body. It requires enzymes. The body doesn't use these materials lightly. It has to see that there's something consistent going on. and Or sometimes it's something very dramatic and tragic that causes a very abrupt change also. But those are things that just show that it requires something. It requires a spark and a catalyst for us to jump up into a new groove, like a new groove of reality, to jump over that fence and up onto that higher tier of a, of a new reality, new results. And so what is that fence and what do they need in that moment to help them jump over that fence onto that higher level? So just be reflecting on what, what is it? And it can be so many things that you might not even have words for, but it could be, you know, a new, new belief system, like a new self-belief repeating, you know, phrases in their mind. It could also be someone to what I call co-regulate with, someone that they can feel like they can let their guard down with. It might be more about a trust and intimacy and connection that comes to mind. It could be certain conditions. And I would definitely say also that there would be some type of new kind of thought system, new belief pattern that's going on, that like an internal dialogue, internal conversation that's going on that is likely needed. So that, when you can get some words to it, right now it might not be something you can put words to, but once you can get some kind of essence of words to what is it that they need to jump over that fence, that is also, that's that will help you get to this essence of what you're trying to say. And what I would just notice in when you're thinking about that message, it shouldn't feel too judgmental. So if it's like, don't act this way, and that will be what will help you. There's a there's definitely a judgment to that. It's going to be a much softer, gentler, compassionate way of speaking to oneself. And so that's why that strategy number two can be really helpful is, what did you need to hear when you were little? 
or just recently, what does that very vulnerable part of you need to hear in those moments? And it probably isn't something judgmental. Like, stop trying to act that way. Stop trying to look so smart. You know, whatever those kinds of things are, it'll be a, a gentler, softer message. It can still be strong and bold, but it will be loving and compassionate and not judgmental of, you know, you shouldn't be that way. It's a, it's a more of a, I see what's going on around you and I want to be a different voice for you. I want you to hear something that's more true to you and that will spark something within you. So think about um, reflecting on, on those three strategies. And, you know, it ties back to episode nine where I talked about authenticity, but it also comes from this idea of steadiness. They need to see, they need to sense a steadiness from us. And that steadiness is going to come from really being in touch with the deeper essence of what we're trying to say. And having that deeper essence in mind and using that as like our navigation system, that's also what helps us self-regulate, which is what I had been talking about earlier. The other sense of steadiness is this idea that I can kind of control my internal environment. And part of being so clear on that message can help us with that because it gives us just this anchor of, of what we keep trying to say. And that can be part of our fuel of trying to figure out, okay, if I want to say that, what are strategies I need to change my self-talk? And that's going to require a lot of, you know, prefrontal cortex activity and executive functioning, I need to work on that then. That automatically almost leads to me internalizing this process more deeply because I really want a person to get it. So now I need to hear that message myself so I know how to say it. So that wraps up episode 10. We talked about the idea of creating a sense of willingness that comes from trust, a sense of steadiness that comes from two layers, one or two aspects. One is this idea of steadiness in terms of my internal state, being able to regulate myself no matter how negative and dark some people are going to get in their criticisms of me or whatever that is. And also, even if there's a lot of you know outrage or high, high emotions, to try and keep a sense of steadiness there. But then the other, and that would be more if you want to learn a little more about that, I would probably go back to episode five on self-regulation. Um, but then this other level, other aspect of steadiness is going to come from the core of your message, the essence, the deeper underlying thing you're trying to say to people. And I gave you three ideas of how to reflect on that and maybe try and get in touch with that. And one of those methods was going to be just thinking about what what was kind of the slogan underneath or the real message that drew you in, that attracted you to the idea of growth mindset as one example, or whatever it is that you feel so attracted to, especially right now, whether it's trauma-informed education, culturally responsive, um, agile mindsets, innovation, there's something deeper underneath that catchphrase that you you really want to kind of pull out and, and share with people. And then two methods to kind of go deeper into that and, uh, you know, get more kind of in touch with where it's coming from is to think of a time when you needed to hear that, whether it was recently or as a child that you have needed to hear some kind of message when somebody else wasn't giving you what you needed to support you in flourishing and thriving and achieving something that you dreamed of. So what did you need to hear about? That's part of that essence. You teach what you most need to learn. And then the third method is the before and after picture. So to really picture someone you kind of worry about, picture, really visualize their actual movements and actions and their self-talk. Picture the after side on the right, on the right side of you know, this mental image or a sheet. 
picture what what it would look like in terms of their posture, their facial expressions, their self-talk, their the movements they make, how would that look differently? And then what is it, what's the fence in between and what do they need to jump over that? So those are some ideas of how to really increase a sense of willingness from the people that you're trying to inspire and that sense of steadiness that will help them feel more willing to embrace what you're saying. So thanks so much for listening. And if you have more questions, uh, email me at info at stephaniefayfrank.com. Thanks so much for joining me. For free resources and materials, including the Growth Mindset Goal Setting Booklet, head to my website at stephaniefayfrank.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and leave a review. If you do, you'll be entered for a chance to win a scholarship to one of my training programs or online course.